0: Hi, and welcome to the Social Angle Podcast. I'm Vinny, and on this episode, Melissa and I peer into our crystal ball to talk about the social media trends you should be mindful of for 2021. We also talk to three experts about their opinions and open the question on Twitter to see what our audience thinks. We're talking social media trends for 2021. Are you ready? Are you doing
1: i'm doing great then it's the middle of the week i'm excited to get into our top trends for 2021 for social how about you
0: I'm, I'm excited i you know it's it's funny it feels like forever since you and i did a podcast together
1: yeah and we literally just did one for like november for thanksgiving but honestly I feel like the cadence, like it just, we're always like just ships passing in the night, Ben. Ships I know. passing in the night.
0: <laughs> but it's always great to catch up with you. Now, um, you know, this this topic is, is awesome. You know, we try to do this every year. We, you know, we kind of uh, look into our crystal balls and try to predict what we think are gonna be some top trends uh, for the next year. Uh, so we're looking at, at 2021. Now, this year, a little bit different than what we did last year. So um, what we did last year, uh, you weren't here, I was working with Patrick, we we did our three, you know, three trends that we thought um, you know, people should be mindful of. So this year, what we're gonna do is, I'm going to tell you one trend, you're gonna tell me one of your trends, and cool. then we reached out to experts, social media experts, experts, actual people who do social media for a living, and we picked their brains on what they think are gonna be some top trends in 2021. I also put this question, you know, what people thought in our industry um, and even outside of our industry on Twitter. Like what what do they think is gonna be a top trend in 2021? And we'll end the podcast and we'll talk about some of those answers. So are you ready to go?
2: I
1: am, let's get into it.
0: All right, so Melissa, let's start with you. What do you think will be a top trend in social media in 2021?
1: So for me, I feel like an emphasis on social impact. And I feel like we saw a lot of brands kind of fumble with that this year and people kind of start to look internally um, in their companies for kind of the business processes and workflows that they have in place for how they can support that long-term. Cause I think consumers are asking for more from brands and I feel like it's a no brainer. Um, You know, what are some of the like maybe barriers you face in participating in philanthropy or volunteering right maybe time money resources if I can give a percentage of like a purchase decision and all it, you know, um, takes is me swiping my card and it goes to a nonprofit or you know, it goes to a cause that I'm passionate about. Why buy a shoes or a meal or a book or something? I think it's just a no-brainer for companies to weave that in. So there was a lot of social campaigns, you know, I won't drag anybody or name any names where, you know, companies that hadn't really had hard stances. On certain issues, suddenly, you know, had social copy and creative assets that were taking a stand for things, but it wasn't really represented in the history of their company. So a lot of consumers, you know, because now especially with everything being digitized, had that paper trail where they could look back and kind of say, Well, you know, you're you're stating that you're passionate about A, B, and C, but if I look back at your history, it kind of isn't, it doesn't really reflect that. So to me, it kind of came off insincere and it caused a lot of bad publicity, which we don't want. And then you're dealing with that in a comment section in uh, Twitter, there's actually a beauty brand I can think of the top of my head in particular, where they had to actually turn the comments off their posts because they were literally being dragged for 24 hours about uh, an allyship post um, that they made and their company is historically Uh, Not very ally centric, unfortunately. So I think for companies, they're stepping back and they're thinking instead of doing a one off social media campaign, what are some ways that we can internally change like the structure of our business where it's reflected in multiple like touch points, not just from hiring people, but you know, in email marketing, you know, the people that we hire in the creative or visual elements that we use on our website and social posts to be more diverse and inclusive, you know, so I think honestly, like, that's one of the ones that I'll be interested to see how people adapt. And I know that there's people like Roger Burnett, if you guys missed um, the last podcast I did solo, I spoke with him on cause marketing, and there's a lot of information and stats in that podcast that kind of back that up, that people are really looking for ways to be more conscious in how they market, especially on social. So that's the one that I'll be interested to see. But but what about
0: so, you? Well, well, before you, we get to me, let me let me ask yeah. you some questions about that. So, um, you know, from a consumer perspective, do you think consumers are gravitating toward that on social media?
1: Oh, 1000%, because I, I would think like think about some of the stuff that you have purchased recently or some of the campaigns that you have gravitated towards, doesn't it make you feel good when you can invest your dollars into something that supports somebody else? You know, like if you had two options and not to put you on the spot, but you know, here's option A, here's option B, option B allows you to get what you need, but it also helps somebody else. And you can do that from your laptop, you know, again, putting in a card information or, you know, whatever product or service you're purchasing. I just think it's a no brainer to have those touch points across your campaigns, not just in social like wouldn't wouldn't you go for it or, you know, is that something that's not of interest to you? I would be curious to know.
0: It depends, I guess, on the cause, you know, like okay. I think everyone's pa- passionate about different things. And for, sh- for sure, if, if if it goes to a, a really good cause that everyone can get behind, like, you know, um, you know, hunger, you know, uh, mm-hmm. feeding children um, who are less fortunate, you know, like those are the things I think a- everyone can get behind. Right. Um, you know, I'm thinking about some of the things that are riskier, you know, causes that are are, are, are tad riskier, mm-hmm. um, you know, taking on you know, that potential, you know, there's going to be flack if you take on a potential cause, you know, and I'm thinking about, you know, the whole breadth of cause marketing and how that would factor into a brand. Um,
1: That's a really good point, though, because, you know, honestly, you know, uh, I always like because I feel like I'm very narrow focused for stuff like this because I'm always uh, my heart on my sleeve for stuff like this. But I think that you make a good point: is that no matter what, you're going to get flacked because there's always going to be somebody on the other side who maybe has different beliefs, and that can be really scary to be upfront about what you believe in. But well,
0: I hope somebody doesn't have a problem with feeding the hunger, the hungry. <laughs> so you know, like that aside, you're I know right. what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But yeah, right, like there's those causes where, you know, everybody can get, but maybe the ones that are a little bit more polarizing for people, um, you know, think about Ben and Jerry's, you know what I mean? Like Ben and Jerry's have been themselves consistently, so when they put out a press release or a statement about an issue or a cause, you expect that energy from them, so I think, you know, to maybe be more nuanced about uh, this is for the people who've never taken a stand, you know, who've never been, um, you know, or maybe have done things in the past that don't necessarily support what they're currently taking a stand on, and it's this huge jump or leap, you know, it's very jarring for a consumer. So I think people are trying to find ways. To, you know be about a cause and take a stance, not alienate people, not seem like they're doing it for a dollar amount, but to weave it in. And if that parlays into a social media campaign, you know doing it in a way that's smart, you know, so again, like, you know, it's not just this jarring experience where a social campaign goes out and then people are like, I totally don't even understand, like this company just doesn't even believe in what they're promoting. And then it's bad on you. So, you know, good point. You know, I can respond. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, I like that answer. And I think, you know, um, that's something I'm seeing more of in social media for sure. Um, you know, but it's, you know, it can be risky. Um, you know, it's something to keep an eye on for, for 2021 and I'm interested to see how that plays out um so let's talk about mine you know I it took a while for me to come up with just one um, but I'm, I'm gonna excited go
1: to hear it because I know Ari. you said that yeah because I always feel like you're always on the pulse of you know the trends in social and you always try to do something that's always helpful for the promo industry so I'll be curious to hear what's your like numero uno.
0: Well, and you're right. I always try to think about this industry and I try not to think too, like, um, too extreme. You know, this is a social media. This is extreme. It's not going to, you know, filter into our industry. So what's the point? But this is one I think is go, it's already happening. And I think it's going to happen a lot next year. Short form video marketing. And by that, I mean, TikTok style videos, reels, um, you know, more stories. Now, look, a year ago, I... You know, right about this time, I sat there and said, TikTok is not right for our industry. It's, you know, the platform itself, we don't have, you know, there's not enough people in the industry there. Um, I, I've changed my mind. I think TikTok, a lot of people are there. You know, we've interviewed uh, Javi, Javi Melendez twice. You interviewed mm-hmm. him, I interviewed him. He does TikToks all the time. He's my he babe, yeah. repurposes that content for his for his other um, social media platforms, and it works really well. He's found a way to stand out through these short 15 and 30 second videos. They're funny, they use music, they use sound bites, um, backgrounds. It, look, it is where I think social media is going. Like video, I've, I've been saying for years, video is huge. If you're not doing video in 2018, if you're not doing video in 2019, if you're not doing it in 2020, especially in 2021. If you're not doing any video, you're way behind, but you have to adapt to these new platforms like Instagram and their reels and TikTok. And I, you know what? You asked me, should we get a TikTok account? What was it when you first started? Yeah. You know, in March? And I said, no, nah, I don't think so. I think in 2021, you may see an ASI Central TikTok account. It's
1: in the works. But no, it's funny that you mentioned that because literally, when you said that I immediately had a flashback to we had recorded my first podcast episode in the podcast room like so long ago Ben. and it wasn't even like we didn't even end up releasing this one guys because we ended up holding a lot of content with everything that popped off with the pandemic but I thought this was so funny that you mentioned it because I clearly remember you saying you were just like yeah it's not going to take off and then now it's just like You know, there's so many different people in promo who have adapted it. But that being said, you know, going back to what you were saying earlier about if you're not doing video, don't you think short form video is less overwhelming if you're just starting out? Like, don't you think short form video is a great way to kind of test the waters?
0: I think it is. I think it's a little bit more difficult to, like, for instance, using Reels, I've used it personally when it first came out. Um, I started using it there. It's, it's sort of, it's like stories. There's mm-hmm. so many different filters. Um, you can use, there's a huge um, reservoir of music samples that you can use and it's really cool, but you have to be sort of, you, should, you have to know how to use the tools, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, in, in order for me to actually go in there and see all the stuff that was going on in reels, I had to go in and watch a few videos. And I'm like, wow, there's a lot going on here. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you can make multiple videos in one. um, So you really, it's not as simple as just shooting a quick video on your phone, Mm -hmm. of you talking about maybe your products and services, and then posting them on Twitter, Facebook, that to me is like the easy way to do video. And that's something that people should be doing. Uh, You know, I'm not saying don't do that. But you're taking it to the next level when you're doing stuff that Javi does on TikTok, you know, Javi, right. he's, he's been doing it for probably a year um, and he does it really well. He, he understands that platform. Jeremy Picker is another one who, who also uses it very well. Uh, Natasha Rawls, like they all, they all know that platform very well and they use it and they use all the uh, features available to it. Now, as far as Reels, um, Reels is getting massive engagement so when you do a reel you know as a brand you're going to get a lot of exposure you know instagram is promoting it because it's their new you know it's their new pet um but now it's the time to jump on it you know if if you've got a, um, a brand presence on instagram you know start hopping on those reels i don't think as asi i don't think we've done one yet have we
1: You know what? Actually, I have. I did one for the promo on the go, the announcement, because I thought it was just the perfect opportunity to do the announcement for the campaign winner in a way that was fun, quick, and more interactive than me just putting up like a static post. So I put on like a filter where my hair was pink, I had a tie-dye t-shirt on, you know, and then I tagged everybody. And it was actually, like you said, a, a post that got a lot of engagement because like you said, Instagram is pushing that in guides, which everybody is kind of like split on. But I know that a lot of people hear us talk about social because we live in it every day and you're somebody who started your career in a time uh, where it was kind of just coming up right you know when people were really thinking about social media and what it could do for like corporate public relations and marketing and you know getting your brand out there so you've seen the evolution of it for you researching how to do that short form video if you can kind of take yourself out of you know your career was it really hard to do that? you know, like, did it take a lot of time or effort? Because I think a lot of people hear that from us. Like they feel pressured to hop on a certain trend and then they feel like overwhelmed because they're like, oh, you know, I don't know where to start. Like for you picking apart a couple of videos, you know, that wasn't strenuous work for you. And then you were up and creating them. And some of the ones that you did, I saw like, was so good. Like, so, so good. thank you about that. I mean, look,
0: you know, I think a lot of it has to do, um, a lot of people don't want to be on video themselves Mm -hmm. um, and being you know, doing a reel, you don't have to be on video. You could do it, you mm-hmm. know, your products, um, you know, you could do, you know, something else that, that you're off screen. It, it doesn't necessarily have to involve you. Um, but also, you know, as far as it, learning it, like, you know, I think people, they, you know, they want, they want instantaneous, like they want to be able to get on something and do it and, and, you know, not have to, get involved and learn it, you know? And like, yeah. unfortunately with, with a lot of these these tools, like you have to spend a little bit of time learning. Like, I don't know if that's a generational thing. Like you guys, when I say you guys, millennials, Gen Z, you guys seem to take to that stuff like very, very easily. I, I'm, you know, I'm a uh, Gen X um, and it takes a little bit of, of time to get out of, outside of my comfort zone when it comes to social media. So, you know, for like I told you, I never adapted to stories. I was never a big stories guy, but mm. I see the value in stories, I see the value in reels, I see the value in TikTok. Does that make me, you know, want to do it, you know, personally, not really, but I do think for brands, they should be embracing it. And, you know, there are people that are my age and older who own companies that should be doing this, and they should start to adapt and start learning it.
1: Yeah. And I think like, you're a testament to that. Like, you know, somebody who, even though you work in digital, you know, you took a little bit of time and then you were up and proficient. And I feel like that's what it's about. It's just, you know, I don't see you, you know, for me following you, you know, making a reel every day, every second. It doesn't have to be like that. It's just as new features come out, as they're pushing things that help support, you know, your account, getting more engagement, because it's what they want to, the focus, you know, for their algorithms. It's like, just take a calculator, And like you said, maybe you do Instagram reels, but maybe for you, what you gravitate towards like Twitter, you know, which has always been the one uh, platform that you seem to consistently favor and where you get the most response and engagement is what you stick to. But it's just you don't want to be that person who's missing an opportunity to connect and engage with your audience because you're out of fear, you know, because you're afraid of, of trying new things. So I give you mad props for putting yourself out there you know.
0: Well, thank you. But also with, with, with TikTok and with um, Rails, as we've discovered through other people who are using these, um, these platforms, you can repurpose the content. You can take the videos that you create and push them out on Twitter. You can push them out on Facebook. Javi does it all the time. Um, you know, when I see Javi's, you know, tick, well, I don't see Javi's TikToks because I'm not on TikTok, but I see his TikToks on Twitter. I see his TikToks on Facebook. So You don't necessarily your like your customer base doesn't have to be on TikTok Mm -hmm. for you to create TikTok videos and then share them to other platforms. And that's the beauty about these networks. They know, hey, you know, make this stuff shareable to other networks because, you know, that's where you're going to get people to sign up.
1: Yeah, 1,000%. And I think honestly, like that's what good content's about. You know, how many of us stop in the middle of our day and we click across something, whether it's like a blog post, a video, a social post, and we stop and send it to a friend. So it's like they were just so smart in building that into their platform where it's like, here, you can push this across the other networks. And then for us, from a marketing perspective, you know, not from a lazy standpoint, but if you have a good piece of content that's getting engagement, there's nothing wrong with repurposing to. Other platforms, if it fits the other platform, you know, for me, a lot of times what I see people will do is they'll post their TikTok on stories because it is like that quick 24 hour, just like fun little sneak peek. And some of the stuff that I find from other creators is always so fun, you know what I mean? So it's like, but. Is everybody reposting to every platform? No, but just select ones where it makes sense, you know? And it's a time saver and it's another way to kind of get that extra like oomph of exposure, so. Definitely.
0: So not to inter- interrupt you or anything, but if you look out your window, it's snowing.
1: I'm mad as hell. <laughs> what? No! So
0: we we are getting our first real snow in the Philadelphia area. Uh, um, I'm pretty excited right now. I'm not. So, I'm it, not so we're gonna are you this one is, of those
1: people who like you have to have all the seasons are you a snow person Ben? i
0: like snow i well uh, i don't like driving in it i don't and like
1: recording no i'm just kidding
0: yeah well you know like it's funny because i love the look of snow i love when it's coming down but when i have to drive in it and all that like typical northeastern person oh it's beautiful and then you're like cursing about it when you're shoveling it so
1: yeah well i guess we won't have that problem this year for no going i
0: know to- it doesn't matter if we shovel <laughs> yes. Be home for months Keep anyway so we could talk about this all day so that you know your your trend for 2021 um go ahead and reiterate
1: social impact people
0: my trend was short form video marketing in a ter- mm-hmm. like TikTok and reels now we're going to talk about some of the experts we reached out to three different experts you reached out to one person i reached out to two people um and we and we picked their brains um about what they thought were going to be top social media trends in 2021. Um, I'm going to start with Sarah um, Sumner. Um, Her and I are friends on Twitter. She is loosely related to the promotional products industry, but she's also she does social media management. So she has a pretty good hold on uh, social media. Uh, So I talked to her, you know, we chatted a little bit and her top trend was something that I totally agree with, which is, keeping social media social, social and personable and human. Um, You know, we've talked about this. We talked about this a lot last year about brands should be humanizing themselves more and more, showing authenticity, showing, uh, you know, their employees. Um, And Sarah had a really good quote. I'm going to play that right now.
1: If you're going to go to a party or a networking event, you know, when you walk in, you don't just start babbling about the fact that you carry sanitizer, you kind of talk about who you are, a little bit of your personality comes out. Um, yeah, of course you're going to talk about stuff that relates to you and who you're talking to when it does come to product, but it's not just all about that. And you can utilize social media so much more with personality and growing your followers and business by being personable.
0: So I really like that quote by Sarah, you know, she's talking about, you know, if you're going to a networking event, you're not gonna walk into that networking event and say, Hey, look, I have hand sanitizer. So, you know, <laughs> you're gonna really kind of talk, you're gonna introduce yourself. You're gonna, you know, talk to people, you're gonna get to know them. Um, so that example about, Hey, you should be using sh- social media just like that to really personalize the brand, personalize, um, you know, if you're speaking on, you know, as a person on behalf of a brand, you know, talk about, you know, things that aren't work related, you really get to know people on social media, um, become transparent, authentic. Boom, you know, like people want to build relationships, they want to get to know you.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: they're not going to buy from a stranger, you know, there has to be a relationship built first. And I think that um, Sarah really touched on that well.
1: Yeah. And I love that quote. And honestly, I feel like you hit the nail on the head. And I feel like if anybody who is starting out on social who is trying to refine you know, how they approach platforms is think of the networking example. I feel like so many social media managers or digital marketing experts go back to that because just imagine how awkward, like I think we've all had those moments where maybe you know there's that one person we wanna meet at an event or trade show, like we're excited, we're like, oh, we've been chips in the night, like I'm finally gonna get to meet them. And then when you meet them, it's not really about building the relationship with you colleague to colleague, it's about what they can get from you. And you kind of sense that and how off-putting that can be. So, I mean, to me, think about how that translates, you know, online is it's really off-putting. It's really awkward. You know, it's very cringy if somebody is just going in for the sale. So, you know, there are certain channels paid specifically where if you want to be more focused on getting a transaction or a conversion you know that's definitely something to consider but when it goes back to organic it makes your paid more effective it's that foundation where you've built that relationship with your customer where you know you know what your audience is aspiring to what their problems are you Create relevant content that answers their FAQs. You know that helps them educate themselves about your product and service. You know why you're the preferred brand against a competitor. Like all that stuff's important, and it's such a great way to soft sell yourself without being in somebody's face. So I really think like you know I'm so glad that people are again just ringing that bell again and again and again because it's like a foundation, don't you think? Like you know I, without I that, agree. You can't succeed you
0: know yeah you know i've been talking this was one of my um predictions for 2020 uh b- back in 2019 was you know uh culture uh more humanizing the brand um and i think this pandemic threw everything off now look yeah. there were brands that they could they couldn't devote any time to social media because they were scrambling to survive you yeah. know um their social media game uh fell off they were no longer posting. They, you know, they weren't using social media. Those are, you know, really small businesses. Um, You know, look, once we kind of get past this pandemic, I do think we're gonna see a lot more people coming back um, with that human element. Like, look, we're back, you know, we're, you know uh, and you're gonna be showcasing, you know the behind the scenes, what they went through, who they are, you know, how this pandemic has made them stronger. Like there's gonna be a lot of that. And look, was it, was that a trend going into 2020? Uh, yes. Will it be a trend going into 2021? Absolutely. Like, right. pe- you know, I can't stress it enough that this one is probably going to be a trend. When, when I say trend, it's, it's it ceases to be a trend if it's been around a while. But I still think people should be paying attention to this well into the you know early 20s.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. It's the foundation for a successful social media strategy. Like, no matter what industry that you work, like, always keep it authentic genuine personable with your audience so i'm glad we touched on that one so let's yeah. go on to your next pick
0: actually we're going to go on to yours um,
1: to? Oh, okay cool
0: so um you interview you, tell us who you interviewed and the company that he works for
1: all right so i interviewed adrian molina who is the senior brand manager of aviation gin And we spoke for 30 minutes and it was an awesome conversation. So let's play a clip that stuck with me after we ended our recording.
2: What it boils down to is just the self-awareness of what the end consumer is doing. Okay. They're enjoying a cocktail with their friends, usually, (laughs) and having a good time, hopefully. Yeah. So the brand itself, um, I think we just want to be that friend in that topic conversation and touch upon topical relevancy um memes jokes puns dad jokes whatever um that just kind of puts a smirk on your face as because because you know i feel other gin brands are very tied to the heritage and history
1: yeah
2: how often are you you know having a drink with a friend and being like oh did you this gin has a hundred year old distiller (laughs) this and all these romanticizing its like no okay drinking is a, a social casual thing so why can't we be an alcohol brand that embodies social and casual um right. and approachability rather than preaching about how good we are you decide how good we are we're pretty confident that we're pretty good so you know we almost like we take the gin seriously not the marketing
1: Adrian had me laughing the entire time. And anytime you're a guest, like, I just totally appreciate that when people just come and they're, again, we're talking about being personable. He's a prime example of that. So what stayed with me the most is we take the gin seriously, not the marketing. And that's an awesome,
0: awesome quote. Right?
1: Like it just blows my mind because I feel like Aviation Gin uses humor to insert themselves in topical conversations with their audience. And I think the cool thing is where a lot of their competitors are talking about the lineage, you know, of their alcohol. Like we've been around for a hundred years, we do this process. You know, if you're drinking, unless maybe it's you're coming home from work and you just want to unwind with a glass of wine or a beer or something like that, you know, right? Like, I know that sometimes, like, for you, at the end of the day, you like to crack open a beer, right, then?
0: Pretty much every single day.
1: <laughs> you and everybody else in 2020, like... It's how we're surviving, but I think judging, right? (laughs) (laughs) But probably, you know, you know, before this year, you would be going to a bar, you know, like with your wife or your friends or something like that. It's a social activity, you know, like drinking is normally a social activity like 85% of the time. So that being said, like they're more focused on, you know, hey, like we have a great product. You know, like the quality is good. We don't have to preach about it because we know it's good. So that way we can kind of be fun and humorous in our promotion of it. And it's so good. Like, you know, for example, they did a recent campaign where they have a, a larger serving of gin And it was like marketed at parents who were dealing with virtual schooling. So it's like, it's something that's topical. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of parents who are wishing they had that larger bottle of gin as they try to navigate what, you know, like online schooling is going to be for their kids at home. So it's like, you know, it's very funny and it's very topical, but, you know, it keeps you front of mind without... You know, being pushy or insincere or like egotistical, it's just kind of friendly. And sure. that's what, what he's emphasized is he's like, you know, we just want to be personable, you know, with our audience, which I think is really cool.
0: So did Adrian offer to send you any uh, aviation gin?
1: I was so bummed. He did not. But who knows? Maybe when I send him this episode as a reminder, I'd be like, thanks for recording. By the way, free alcohol. But
0: um, no, so that that's a great, <laughs> that is a great um, point that he makes about using humor in your marketing. And, um, you know, you, your marketing can be funny. It could be lighthearted. It doesn't have to be a reflection of what the product is. Right. Like like the product is alcohol. like, you know, and he's right. like you drink alcohol in social settings and fun settings. So it can be, the marketing can be fun. It can be lighthearted. Yeah. And that's true for, I, I would argue, any brand or any industry. You can, you can, like, I used to work in the student loan industry. Really? And I'm thinking, yes, this what? was years ago. Oh, um, yeah. I, used, I was doing more of a, you know, um, copy editing and, and that area, the editorial side. Oh, and it was the driest, okay. most boring job I've ever had probably why I was there less than a year but like even for an industry like that you know your marketing can can be fun it could be lighthearted. have fun with it and I think that that's really what Adrian's point was about yeah. about that and and that more brands are going to to do that in 2021 was that what you took from there?
1: yeah definitely being self-aware and using humor it's like they know they're a gym company you know like they're not selling medical equipment like they're not trying to be anything else than what they are which is alcohol that's you know 85 percent of the time it's consumed in social situations birthday parties frat parties tailgating so you know what are you doing in those social settings you're making dad jokes you know like you're teasing friends about an inside joke that you have you're talking about pop culture all these things that are reflecting kind of in their copy, like, you know, from some of the campaigns that they've done, and they've done it in a way that is also respectful, too, because I asked him about that. You know, humor might be one of those things that people stumble with. Not everybody can be Wendy's and hire a comedy writer to write their copy for them, but I think there's nothing wrong with humanizing yourself in a couple of key posts throughout the year where you maybe make a little fun of your brand or crack a joke in your copy, you know, but you also read the room. Like he told me too, there was things that he had planned this year, you know, that when everything hit, he, he kind of paused because he was like, you know, there might be something that we could put out that could polarize our audience or offend them, but they still kept the essence of like their brand voice, which is humor, you know? And
0: that's a great point. We had to do that this year. You know, when the pandemic hit, there were some, there were some content, some posts that were tone deaf, um, given the circumstances and the environment. Um, you know, and we learned our lessons from right. that too. You know, like humor was not a good thing to try to use back in March, April, May. Yeah. Um, you know, the pandemic is still around at, you know, it's probably gonna be around for a little bit of time. But I think, you know, we're in a situation where we all know what to sort of expect. Um, you know, I would, like you said, I would read the room, understand where humor is okay. You know, mm-hmm. maybe vet it through some people, you know, don't be the only one judging your yeah, use of humor. Ask, ask others, say, hey, is this a little bit, you know, um, you know, too much? Is its mm-hmm. it gonna ring untrue here? Uh, you know, just kind of vet that first. Um, you know, the big brands do it. Like, you know, it's right because like the Wendy's, the the Denny's, like a lot of the food brands on social media, they're very good and they're and they're and they use humor very well but yeah. like you said they they have money to hire actual comedy writers to do their humor whereas smaller brands like us we're doing it on our own you know we're right. we're, we're we wear many hats comedian now is apparently <laughs> going to have to be one of them for next year <laughs> yeah. uh, so anyway i i love that answer humor let's move on to our third and final expert yep. um trend for 2021 now Earlier this year, I spoke to um, Taylor Gaines. Um, she is not in the industry. She is the CEO of Social Gaines. She has her own company, um, she, her own social media company. And uh, my podcast with her was about social media management and the importance of it. Um, mm-hmm. I asked her this question. Now, now, Taylor is very she's very she's technical and she she's got her finger on the you know on the pulse of all the changes on social media. Um, you know, from the technological aspect, um, and her answer was was very interesting. She she had two answers, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play you this one right here.
1: We're seeing the social ecosystems start to bring in or acquire different companies that makes the experience
0: of managing different systems easier. All right, Melissa, what do you make of that?
1: I think that's awesome and I think she makes an excellent point is like just the integration because there's so many things that I wish as a social media manager that like wove together to make my job easier from a workflow perspective because there's so many times where like I'm in one app and then I have to take that content out to post it in another and then I have to optimize it in another where it's like I think the more companies can think about any type of workflow or process that makes streamlining how we work, because our role, I think, especially this year, has been elevated, don't you? Like,
0: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, Taylor, you know, she's really, you know, on, on the cutting edge of, of trends. She even brought up in, in our little chat, the Facebook's um, acquisition of customer with a K. Uh, Mm -hmm. which is a, which is a CRM customer relationship management tool. Um, And, you know, the assumption that Facebook is now getting into the CRM game really tells you all you need to know about the customer service end of social media, Um, you know, and, and her point being that social, like, you know, uh, companies like Facebook are trying to make social media, you know, a place where people can actually get customer relations, relationship management in a very, easy way you know usually it's like you know you ask a brand a question in facebook and yep. you don't get an answer or you're redirected to you know go over here or, or call this number like to be able to do things right on the platform it you know it really kind of speaks to where we're headed with social media
1: yeah one platform to rule them all now that's fine. <laughs>
0: I mean, can you imagine being able to do everything that you need to do from a customer service perspective right through Facebook?
1: I would love it because honestly, I feel like uh, the fact that like social media brands like people like Facebook, you know, now they own Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, all these little features that they have been releasing over the last couple of years to help with management It's always blown my mind that it's kind of seems like a curveball for them that it wasn't necessarily like on the forefront. Maybe it's not necessarily a money making activity for them to think about the people who are using it. But it's like, it's not just for personal. Well, it's like, it's, I mean, not personal. It's not just for personal it is for you know marketing it's a subset of marketing now you know social media is a legitimate channel to market yourself your brand your business so giving people those tools to use that seamlessly whether it's like customer service you know related uh, crm so you can track activities in the background like whatever it is making that easier for those people who are going to use that just like to me, cements loyalty because I know that there's sometimes like I have friends who are social media experts who only focus on one platform because they're tired of dealing with some of the subpar features of others. You know, so to me, it's like you just kind of keep yourself front of mind as an option to somebody. And then that, you know, also parleys, and I think too, for like advertising dollars, like we're gonna make sure that we consider your platform and it's on the table because you're really thinking about us from a user perspective. So you'll be an option when I get a new client versus like, I'm only gonna work with Facebook. I'm only gonna work with Instagram because that's the easiest for me. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, to me, it's just strategic personally.
0: But. Yes, you've said a lot. We have to move on, but so far we've got my opinion, your opinion. We have three experts now. Let's get to what we posted on Twitter uh, mm-hmm. about a week ago. We threw the same question out: What do you think is going to be the top trend in 2021 in social media? We got a lot of responses from not only our industry people but also from outside of the industry. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read off, you know, a handful, and we'll talk about them. So, uh, Emily Dunnigan. Um, she had a really interesting one that I hmm. wanted to talk to you about. Um, memes are gonna be a trend in 2021. What do you think about that? Memes for marketing.
1: So memes for life, honestly. But don't you feel like, I mean, do you think there was more of an emphasis on 2020 for meme? Like we've just talked about humor and reading the room. Don't you think memes have always kind of been like been in our arsenal for social but media?
0: What about using them for marketing?
1: I feel like, yeah, but I feel like people like it depends, don't you think, on the spectrum that people are in regards to their level of comfort with social? Because for me, you know, you know, my age group, you know, millennials, it's it's how I communicate with my peers whenever I could sneak it into email copy to social and other facets on websites, even for pages and stuff. It's just like a more fun interactive experience. And I think it helps, um, you know, I hate to say viral cause it's so overused, but it makes it shareable. You know, like I'm more likely to share a meme with somebody than a chunk of copy. So right. why not just add in a short like six second clip? You know, what do you think?
0: I think that meme as a form of communications gifts, memes have we've been doing that for years, right? You know, like mm-hmm. ever since, you know, Twitter um, started, you know, integrating with the memes, we've been using them, they're fun, they're engaging. Yeah. Um, as a form of marketing, I think, you know, I I think we're going to to be there, you know, I think, yeah. I, I mean, have I seen memes and marketing pieces? Yes, I have, you know, here and there, I'll, I, I see them, but you have to be very careful with memes, I think, you know, because you got to know your target audience. You got to know what memes are going to resonate with your target audiences. Um, you know, you're not going to send a meme from about something a Gen Xer would relate to, and yeah. not a and not a Gen, you know, uh, Z or Y. You know, like you have to understand who your audience is and be very careful about you know the tone and the meaning of the memes. But I do, I do like that as a uh, a marketing um, you know a trend for 2021.
1: I think you make a valid point too. like maybe, I'm not sure if it's going to be something that's easily adapted by promo. But like you said, having like your pulse on pop culture, maybe if you're a brand in entertainment or hospitality casinos, you know, memes specifically as a channel for marketing through social media might be smart for you for us for promo products maybe not necessarily but i think like look at how tiktok is blowing up you know a lot of the short skits they're almost like kind of long form memes like that's kind of how i would picture them so i can see again you know that being popular but i'm not sure do you think it'll have a place in
0: promo um i guess to be continued on this one i i don't know um (laughs) I do think, look, I do think like, you know, some of, you know, these, these companies that are younger, um, you know, they, they may do it, you know, they Mm -hmm. may do more marketing with memes. Um, but, you know, is it going to be a hot trend in 2021? I, you know, I'm not sure we're going to see it in this industry uh, Mm -hmm. as, as prevalently as we'll see outside the industry. Well, you know, certainly uh, you know, from the consumer end, we're going to, we'll probably start seeing that, but I do like that answer. I think, you know, memes are something we have to really keep our eye on. So let's move on to Jolie promo badass. Um, she has handle ever. I know. And she's starting her podcast, uh, next year. So I'm looking forward to that. So she says digital saturation will be a trend in social media in 2021. So that means you need better content to stand out. I like this one. I I really, I really like this one. What do you think?
1: Oh, 100%. I'm right there with you because now like we were actually having a marketing meeting uh, yesterday and we were talking about how we're not only competing kind of internally between departments to get our messaging in front of ASI members. We're also competing with our competitors and then we're competing with people outside the industry. You know what I mean? Like the old Navy that's coming into your inbox with a sales promotion. And now because, you know, people have leaned into digital marketing to stay afloat in this pandemic. You know, I got an email like a month ago from a pizza shop that I'm pretty sure I gave my email to when I was an undergraduate who I've never gotten like marketing from, but they they wanted to let me know they had takeout kits, you know, because they can't seat me inside and that's what it's about. It's like, there's so much going out there. So I think, you know, there's going to be an emphasis on quality, but don't you think it's going to be a battle with higher Ups who are like you know? I want something on every platform, every second of every moment. It's gonna have to be like that. Come to Jesus conversation about like what are we putting out? Why is it right. important? Why will our audience care?
0: I, I we- agree. I think digital <laughs> saturation is something we've talked about in the past, um, especially for Facebook. Facebook is a place where there's just so much going on. There's so many people on it. There's so much, you know, noise filtering through your feed um, that you the competition with that. You know, you have to be able to stand out somehow, some way. Um, you know, I wish I wish more companies, more brands, more people would would post less on Facebook because there would be less saturation. And I wish that there would be more concentration on good quality content. Um, that said, the saturation is not going to stop. It's going to continue. Right. Yep. So how do you stand out? I think you really need to put the you know emphasis on creating great content. And doing your best to distribute it, whether or not that is tagging the right people, putting it in the right networks, um, you know, putting a little uh, budget to boosting it, to you know, to just get it the legs that it needs. You know, I think great content doesn't sell itself anymore. You have to yeah. have, help it along. Um, so yeah, that's a great answer. There's just so much out there now. And then we talk about going to TikTok. We talk about going to these other networks why do we talk about that because there are these networks are saturated these set you know Facebook saturated digital digital saturation boom it's gone um you know like it's still useful for other reasons you know I think it's very very useful for as a prospecting tool for our industry but as far as posting content expecting it to do well it's not unless you you know unless you do something with it you you know you spend 50 bucks you know you boost it whatever so I, I love that answer. I could talk all day, obviously, on that one. So let's move on to, um, let's see. Um, now, Teresa, our Teresa Hagel for ASI, she said, uh, begin direct selling through the networks. Now, this is something that um, Sarah Sumner, uh, one of my guests also touched about, touched upon, is selling directly off the social networks. Mm. What do you think of that one?
1: So I'll be interested how that plays out in promo, because I feel like there are certain platforms that are leaning into e-commerce. And again, it's another, you know, way to get your product or service in front of somebody in an interactive, fun format. You know, they're scrolling, you know, a lot of times I think, what was the stat in our, our presentation? What was it like? 54% of social browsers discover new products, you know, or services that they're interested in making a purchase decision from through social. So I mean, it's a no-brainer, but you know, selling direct, what do you think, you know, in our industry if that's going to be something that might be a battleground in promo, you know,
0: through social. For sure, selling direct off of the social platform means that it's open to pretty much anyone and the suppliers selling direct to, you know, end buyers. Like it it could get messy. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think this is like, is it happening on the on the platforms? Yes. You know, there there are, you know, e-commerce off of social platforms. I think Instagram is working yep. for like an e-commerce store. Like, will will it be an industry trend in 2021? I don't think so. You know, like, we're slow to Not adapt really. in this industry. Um, I don't think that's anything to worry about. All right, moving on. Um, Let's see. Somebody named Fizzard or Fizzard user-generated-
1: profile picture ever, by the way. Oh, I
0: know, Can we talk about that? (laughs) Actually, we're we're low on time here, but I'd rather talk about their answer, which is user-generated content. Um, What do you think of that one?
1: User-generated content. Again, that's always been a trend. Like, again, it depends on where you are and your level of knowledge for social. And I don't mean it in a, you know, nose up in the air type of way, but it's the same with memes. If you know your audience, you know, if you have a strong CTA, if you have that brand advocacy and love, if you have that customer loyalty, like mine, that UGC, because people love it. You know, it's so flattering when, you know, to me anyway, I feel like for a customer, if they post up a picture of your product or service, they have a glowing caption about how great you are. If you share that, that's such like a nice way to recognize them as a customer. And it's so simple. It just takes a share button. You know what I mean? And your ability to to read a caption and make sure it's not anything wild, but it's just, it's such a simple way to score points with your audience. So it should always be whether it's 2021, you know, 2025, like user generated content, I think will always be a trend. What about you? Are you over it? Because no, I think, who, look, we're, we're and, doing
0: user generated content right now. Like, you know, right. these, you know, these tweets, I'm going to be embedding into our podcast story page, you know, and that's essentially user generated content. Um, right. You know, I've, I've been, you know, I've always been a proponent of, you know, user generated content. Um, you know, wh- is it gonna be more prevalent um, than it's been in years past in 2021? I don't know. I think it kind of falls under that that same uh, umbrella of humanizing a brand when yep. you can actually uh, reach out to your customers, um, kind of picking up some testimonials and, and sharing that kind of stuff. I think it's also, you know, really, you know, part of that and but I do think that we're gonna start seeing potentially more of that in twenty twenty one. Um but I you know I'm curious to see how how that's gonna fit into our industry. I'm I'm sure it you know we'll see it. I'm just not sure how.
1: Yeah, and I think also, too, don't you think, you know, us being such a a trade show heavy, or at least, you know, kind of a pause for this year is social is how people are staying connected. So I think that you GC is kind of a part of building that community online. So I think that that's where it might like play into maybe doubling the regular volume of things. Like, you know, you might snap a photo at a trade show if you're not doing that and you're doing it virtual, you're still kind of keeping connected with your colleagues by posting those pictures, tagging the company, you know, and still participating in the conversation even though it's like virtual, you know. All
0: right, our our final one, which I think, yeah, let's do this one. Um, Danny Rosen, who um, posted something that was a little bit, I wasn't sure what to make of it. He said less social media. I wasn't sure if he meant less being on social media, less or less uh, volume of social media. Either way, I like that answer. What do you think?
1: May I ask though why you like it? Do you like it because he's taught you from the one perception it's about uh, saturation or the other is like anti-social media? Like what do, do you think?
0: Both. So um, saturation for one, um, you know, more concentration on quality of posts and less posts. I, okay. you know, like 10 years ago, maybe not that many, maybe seven, eight years ago, I was always under the impression, especially on Twitter, the more you post, the better, you know, shelf life of a tweet is 15 minutes, but, you know, post once an hour and it got to the point where it was just mentally fatiguing, you know, coming up with that much content. Um, and then, you know, it's like looking back at the metrics, it's like these 90. Percent of these tweets aren't doing anything. They're not getting right. any engagement. They're noise. You know, it's like, why not put more concentration on five good tweets in a day um, that are, you know, multimedia. You know, put some depth of thought into it. You know, make it stand out. And if you make it stand out, odds are people are going to embrace it. And and it's so funny because we talk we talked about memes, gifs. Like usually when I use a meme or a gif or I talk about myself, um, self deprecating um you know i talk about personal things those are the tweets that are going to get the most engagement you know the ones i put a little bit of time and effort i'm human you know this all kind of ties together you know like all the things that we're talking about here yeah it's the um,
1: overlap yeah
0: but, but when i'm posting just like you know it's not it's not salesy stuff but it's stuff that it's you know people are going to find elsewhere you know like uh, take advantage of the platforms and what they offer in terms of features live video uh you know meme memes you know like and and have fun with it be social ask questions you know encourage engagement um you know that to me is is what i'm hoping and part two of that is that we as people are spend less time on social media i think that those are the two points i was you know i got from danny's uh tweet there was like less social media meaning be on social media less get outside i know during a pandemic the best place to be right now is is outdoors Um, And also post less, you know, concentrate more on the quality of the posts.
1: No, and I totally agree. And I think just to go back to what you were saying about what does well for you, you know, everybody always emphasizes like social media is social, right? But you're offering a side of yourself that people can only get on Twitter. You know what I mean? And it's like something that's unique. Like I can get a sales flyer anyway. I can find a blog post any where, but it's like you know 60 seconds of you like what was it you know in your garden you know like plugging a a, a blog post that we had but it was like fun and interactive and personal right. and to me it's like that kind of stuff it's unique it goes back to what sarah was talking about about being personal and authentic and genuine with your audience like you said that stuff always does well my thing though hold is- on
0: real quick i just want to i wanted to kind of um delve into what you just said a little bit more yeah. now uh, That was a perfect example of taking like, so in other words, um, what Melissa was referencing was earlier in the spring um, Mm -hmm. when the pandemic was, was raging uh, somebody had a story about uh, gardening and how a lot of people are gardening because, you know, it's something you can do outdoors, socially distant, you're not around other people and gardening became a a real hot activity in the, in the spring and the summer. And, There was a lot of promotional opportunities around that so we wrote a story about that instead of me posting the actual story on twitter what i did was i did a 30 second video of me gardening and i promoted the link from my video that video got 500 views you know like it it boosted the content further than it would have gotten boosted had i just posted the link yeah and it took some thought it took some effort um and it was something that, yeah, you know, like it, it would have taken me 30 seconds to post from my computer. It ended up taking me about an hour's worth of work to get that done. But in 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 the long run, it was certainly worth
1: it. Oh, 1000%. And my thing, it's like, you know, it breaks up the scene because it's something that's interactive versus just like, you know, a couple of characters of text. But what I'm interested though, because... To kind of see you know like going off of what dan uh danny said is if people scale back on social what other channels will emerge you know like current ones that are popular will become more popular i should say or maybe like new channels you know in in total because there's only so many ways that you can communicate with the customer and us kind of being held back a little bit now because there's less in person, you know, or we're doing it socially distance, or we're trying to facilitate things where, you know, we're wearing a mask, and it's just kind of an awkward situation, or, you know, we're still potentially dealing with shutdowns, you know, it's interesting to me to see like people saying less when there's the other half of you know, kind of our industry that's like, let's lean all the way in because this is the only like the only channels we can connect. So I'll be curious to see how in 2021, like, well, you know, for example, there is a social media marketer that I follow on Twitter, and she was talking about how in her group of friends, newsletters came back. And a lot of people, you know, in previous years were like newsletters are dead, you know, who cares about getting a monthly update from a nonprofit or clothing brand or something like that. There's so many other emails that I get. Why would I stop, you know, when I could just go to your website for something or social, but she was saying she saw uh, research of it and then the metrics to support it where people actually were reading through they were interacting with the content and she's like in previous years when I had done similar tactics I just didn't really get that response so it's kind of like you know it's interesting for me to see that people being maybe more anti a platform or a channel or just saying to scale back when so many other people are like lean in you know yeah
0: I mean when you say lean in it's like spend more time you know marketing spend more time social networking, I think Mm -hmm. Danny and, you know, Danny, as well as I do, um, he is all about life like work life balance, um, you know, getting out, you know, cause marketing, being outdoors, you know, he's all about social good. Um, And I and I truly believe that what he meant by that is, is, you know, it's kind of twofold, which is, you know, like, take, take yourself off of social media. and. You know, live your life. You know, a lot of us, especially at ASI, were scrambling to take all of our vacation in the month of December because you know, use it or lose it. And mm-hmm. that just tells you like we had we weren't able to strike the right work-life balance in 2020. Year, you know, all, yeah. of of course, circumstances as they were, many of us couldn't take vacations. I had three vacations canceled. So instead of actually taking the time off when I had it scheduled, I worked because I was like, what am I going to do? for mm-hmm. this week in july that i was supposed to be out in denver colorado like yeah i could do something i could do work stuff you know not the 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 honey thing. do list i don't want to do the honey do list um so i would just work you know and then you know when i should be taking that time for me you know you know disconnecting getting away from email getting away from social media and i think that was the point and i love that so with that i think we got to wrap up um you know this was a really good episode i can't wait you know, to share it out there. Melissa, thank you so much for your time today. And as always, it's a pleasure.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Vin. I appreciate it. I'm excited for this episode too.
0: Looking forward to 2021. Yep. For Melissa, I'm Vinny. We'll see you next time on The Social Angle